I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, this is Ian Lee. Thank you so much for downloading Ian Lee's Random Access Memories, a retro gaming podcast. Do check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E. And also go to my YouTube channel and look for the Random Access Memories there. Again, it's youtube.com slash Ian Lee. Thanks for downloading. I'm ready. One, two, three, clap. Right. <laughs> nice. Nice, smooth. No one needs to know this is our second attempt at doing this because my internet died. It can be just our little secret. I'm joined this week uh, by uh, Reese. I don't know your last name. I just know you as Control Alt Reese. I have <laughs> just cut the bit out. I've just cut the bit out where Reese tells us his name. And you, will, you will never know it. I know it. I might reveal it for cash, but you will never uh, know it. So you do, you're a podcaster, you're a YouTuber. I will cut that bit out, Reese. Don't worry. You're a podcaster and you're a YouTuber. And so you go under the name of Control Alt Reese. Is that right? I do. That's right. How did you stumble upon that? It's a great name. I uh, I actually first started on Instagram uh, and I was posting a lot of stuff on my personal account, uh, posting uh, the usual sort of holiday photos and pet photos and pictures of my breakfast and, uh, you know, usual Instagram stuff. And I, uh, I started posting pictures of my projects on there, my electronics projects and computer restoration things. And I started to pick up quite a lot, of, a lot of followers off the back of that. And it got very weird because obviously I was posting like, holiday photos and things on there from, from my family and friends. And then I had random strangers also commenting on them. So I decided to split it up into a separate thing. And uh, it, it was actually a friend of mine, we, we, you know, kind of been chatting with some friends and saying, you know, what, what do I call this thing? And uh, yeah, the, the name Control or Reese came up. Um, so I use that name on Instagram, still do use that for a while. And then uh, that kind of became the name of the YouTube channel when I, when I started on there as well. So describe, yeah. I'm a big fan of your channel. I've only just discovered it recently in the last few months. I absolutely love it. I don't, I'm not a very technical person, but I love seeing people opening old consoles and old computers and 
um, cleaning them, recapping, pointing out different chips. I don't know what any of this stuff is, but I find it really, really satisfying. It's mm. like an ASMR for me. Do you want to describe what your channel is and what people, how people find it, but, and also what they will see if they come and have a look? Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty much that, like you say, taking old consoles and computers apart and cleaning them up and fixing them. Um, I do uh, like documentary type videos as well, bits of computer history, that kind of thing. Uh, my interest kind of primarily is in Atari history because mm. uh, my, my kind of earliest gaming experiences with, were with the Atari 2600 and with the ST. So I collect Atari stuff. I've got everything from kind of the earliest 1970s Pong and TV console things all the way up to like the Jaguar and the, the, the last stuff that they did in the 90s. Uh, so th there's kind of a focus on that, but um, yeah, it, it, it's a mixture of that um, 90s PC gaming stuff, anything that kind of takes my interest, really. I don't know your age. You don't need to tell it if you don't want, but you look <laughs> significantly younger than me. And I'm guessing, and I, I could be wildly off, off, off track here, but I'm guessing you missed the Atari 2600. That was the kind of one with the wooden panelling, hmm. wasn't it? I guess you missed that first time around, did you? Well... I mean, I'm 40 in a couple of months, so okay, I'm not... Uh, dear listener, you're looking to admit very, that. very good for 40, let's just say. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was... Um, I, I would have been... It would have been sort of 1988, 89. I would have been sort of five or six, four or five years old. And yeah. it, it was at my, my cousin's house. It was at my uncle's house for Christmas. And we had the whole family around. And, and he'd actually got the 2600 Junior for Christmas. Which would have been a bit long in the tooth by then, but Atari were still selling them. I think they sold them until like 92 or something like yeah. that. And uh, so, so yeah, my, my very earliest uh, gaming memory was, was playing on that all day, Christmas Day. He had two games, which were Keystone Capers and, and Frogger was the other one. And um, yeah, we, we literally just played the same two games all day, you know, for, for the rest of the day. So that, that's kind of my, that's my origin story, so to speak, with the Atari and stuff. How important was gaming growing up for you? Oh yeah, well, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I wasn't a recluse. I wasn't a nerd. I didn't spend all my time sort of locked away in my bedroom playing games. You know, I had a bike and I went out. You know, we, we live in quite a rural area, so I was always out and about and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, after that, uh, my parents got me an Acorn Electron, second-hand okay. one, which came from a friend of my dad's, and I remember playing some games on that. Uh, but the first, the first computer that I sort of properly got that was actually mine was the Atari STE uh, in ninety. 192-ish, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, um, I kind of dabbled with programming. I'm a, I'm a developer in my day job now, uh, trying to make my own games and stuff, doing like animations. And okay. uh, obviously, I, I played a lot of games growing up, but um, I was kind of more, more into kind of using it for like the creative side of things, I guess. Um, and that's kind of something that's kind of followed through my whole life with the, the videos and the, and the blogging and, and everything else. I used to be very proud. I'm I'm 50, so I'm I'm a bit older than you. And I, you know, I was of the generation where we had a room that was full of BBC micros. Mm. And I was very proud that I wrote a program that would convert from, I don't know, centigrade to Fahrenheit or whatever. It could do that. That was very cool. And I was also really good at writing quizzes. And this is what we used to do, you know, in the 80s for entertainment is mum would go shopping due to the Saturday shop in Slough. I would go into a push WH Smith's, but I preferred boots where they had the mm. rows of, of different computers. And I would spend 20 minutes writing a quiz and it would be, hi, what's your name? Oh, hi, Reese. Would you like to play a quiz? Well, here are the, the questions. Um, 
I, God knows how I did it. I would, I would have absolutely no idea how to do it now. But even at that really, really simple level, mm. it was such a gas to type that in and then step back and watch someone go, oh, there's a quiz on the computer. I'll have a go at that. I used to absolutely love that. And I would imagine, do you get, what, what's the buzz you get from your job, knowing that people are using, playing the stuff that you're making? Yeah, well, um, I, I didn't end up going into uh, game development development in the end, which uh, I okay. think ended up actually being quite a wise decision uh, with the way that things have gone quite recently, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the stuff that I do, um, it, it's complicated, but uh, I, I do. <laughs> and I'm not very see... clever, so okay. Yeah, um, probably the most impressive thing is kind of interactive installations for people like Samsung and okay. Philips and Sony. So in-store demos and stuff like that. So there is an interactive element to it. I have done some game-like things with the Microsoft Connect and you know people dancing around and it takes pictures of you and then you can print them out afterwards and that kind of thing as kind of a promotional thing. Um, but yeah, as far as actual game development um, goes, I kind of things didn't quite go to plan uh, okay. <laughs> as far as that was concerned it's not really something i've ever kind of got into much as i would love to i have been broadcasting for over 20 years i, I mm. kind of stop now i do this and a couple of other little things i have n never stopped being amazed that some people would choose to listen to me hosting a radio show hosting a podcast it always i, I never get mm. it i'm wondering how you feel about your channel because you get really really good numbers and I'm wondering how you feel about that, how you react when you when you make a piece and you put it out and people watch it and enjoy it. Uh, it's scary, quite frankly. Scary. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been making videos for years and silly little like stop motion animations and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'll show them to my friends, you know, five people in a room and that would kind of be the end of it. And I'd kind of move on. And it obviously the YouTube thing is kind of a much more recent thing for me mm. when it was... 2019 i started um and i guess I, I guess i kind of knew that people would take interest in it and it would kind of take off but um yeah i, I wouldn't have dreamed that i'd have twenty six thousand subscribers four years later and um you know i recently did a video that got a hundred thousand views wow. others. obviously there's the infamous solar stuff i don't know if you want to go into that but uh, i don't know this massively what's, the solar stuff? But, what's that oh it, it's a thing that's kind of um yeah, uh, something that my uh, long-term viewers will be familiar with. I made a, um, I made a, an infamous, a now infamous video about solar panels. So I, I, I bought an off-grid solar kit and I kind of put it together and, and kind of set it up at the back of my house. And I was running computers and various things with it. Made a video about that. Didn't didn't even think twice about it. I thought, if anything, I thought, well, you know, my viewers are only interested in old computer stuff, so they're not really going to take much interest in this. So. But I was doing it, so I thought I'll turn the camera on and I'll, I'll record it and I'll make a bit of a video about this project. And within a couple of months, it had got nearly a million views on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> and it was insane. And unfortunately, uh, being a complete newcomer to the world of solar, which I did make very clear in the video, um, I, I did make a couple of uh, sort of quite fundamental mistakes with it. So I had a load of people in the comments calling me out on that. I had a load of people contacting me, joining my Discord server, emailing me, commenting on the video, um, asking me for help and advice in setting up their own uh, solar power systems, which, of course, I'm not qualified to do. Uh, so I, I, I actually took that video down. Um, oh. I did a couple of, couple of follow-ups that weren't sort of nearly as successful. And um, 
yeah, I ended up taking the whole lot down because it was just dominating everything that I was doing. I had people asking me solar questions left, right and centre and it, it was just madness. So, yeah, uh, decided to kind of refocus on the computer stuff. And I think anyone who's, who's kind of a professional YouTuber probably thinks I'm mad because obviously those videos were successful and they were growing yeah. the channel and, and, you know, they were making money and ad revenue and stuff. But um, it, it's it, it was a one off project and it's not uh, it's not where my interests lie. So uh, I, I didn't like it kind of dominating everything that I was doing. You didn't want to become Reese the solar panel guy. No. Um, a, a wiser man than me probably would have set up a, a, another channel and kind of done solar stuff on that. Because I was, I was getting sent stuff by sponsors and, you know, oh. like a power pack things and people offering to send me complete solar setups and stuff if I reviewed them on the channel. And obviously it was like, well... I built this thing. It kind of does the job that I want it to do. That's that's as far as I want to take it. But uh, yeah, yeah, very very strange time for my channel. But uh, I think yeah. the thing about art, you know, it, and an artist is you, you have to do what you want to do. You know, there is that mm. thing. Do you chase the numbers? Do you chase the things that mm. maybe you don't want to talk about, but there are big numbers? Or do you go with your heart and your passion? And you might get numbers, you might not get numbers. And I think for me anyway, that's become an important thing. Sounds like that's a similar attitude that you, you have. Yeah, I mean, th this isn't my day job. And I'm very fortunate in my day job that obviously being self-employed, I'm quite flexible with my time. And I can't really ever see a day where I'd want to be a full-time YouTuber. I think, um, I think turning a, a hobby into a job is probably... Uh, you know, it's kind of going to suck some of the fun out of it. So I'd like to keep it as a part-time thing and kind of, you know, if it, if it turns into like a some kind of second income or whatever, then that's great. But, um, yeah, first and foremost, it's uh, it's just about making videos and kind of showing people stuff that I'm working on at any given moment. So, we, we will get to your game in a bit. And, and this is the first episode of these I've done where I don't know what your game is. I'm looking forward to finding <laughs> out. But okay. Very quickly, the last – I've watched a couple, the last couple of Reese Rambles. And I think we have a very similar uh, kind of taste talking about tubes versus pipes, the difference between a tube <laughs> and a pipe. And yeah. the reason I say that is years ago, if ever I, whenever I was doing a radio show, if ever I got stuck, someone called in and asked this once and we got so many calls, what's the difference between a boat and a ship? And it, well, oh. you, you, you just say that and you get, well, it's the size. And then you look, actually, it's not. It's a very difficult oh. thing to define. It's not the size. I still never quite found the answer as to what is the difference. You did definitively get the, the difference between tubes and pipes. I did. Um, an actual civil engineer got involved and uh, gave me the, <laughs> the definitive answer. Um, yeah, one of my one of my regular uh, supporters and uh, viewers slash listeners. So, yeah, Reese Rambles is kind of a podcast. It's kind of a, a bit of a side project for me. Um, and, yeah, it, it's it's basically any kind of weird rambling thoughts that I happen to have at any given moment. And like you say, the, the pipes versus tubes was one of them. Uh, the reason for that is because one of the places that I actually work in my day job has a pipe slash tube uh, warehouse slash factory uh, across the road. So every day I was parking in this car park and walking past this big sign that said, you know, company name pipes, pipes and tubes. And it, it really got me thinking about what, you know, what is the difference between a pipe and a tube? Yeah. And you look into their yard and they've got like all these big things on reels and they've got pallets full of these big pipes. And it's like, you know, what's the difference? So the difference between a pipe and a tube anyway, um, is that the, the pipe basically describes the, the physical shape of the thing. No, that's not right. That's the wrong way around. Okay. A, a tube. A tube is the physical shape of the thing, a, yeah. a cylindrical hollow thing. Um, but it becomes a pipe when you transport a liquid or a gas through it. Okay. 
Uh, but also we, this, this led on to a kind of a follow on debate about conduit and um, ducts. And if you run a cable through it and it's above ground, then it's technically called a conduit. But if it's underground then it's called a duct. Um, but yeah, it's still still a pipe slash tube. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying. To, I'm still trying to get all of that straight in my head. But th these are the kind of conversations that we end up having on uh, on Reese Rambles. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We should probably mention the game that you brought. So the idea of this podcast, Random Access mm. Memories, is I invite someone to come on and talk about a retro game. I leave the term retro completely open to mm. their interpretation. I don't define it by years or consoles or anything like that. So what have you brought and why? So having discussed all of the Atari stuff in, in great detail, you probably think I'm going to pick an Atari game. I think you're going to pick an Atari game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to oh. pick Doom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Doom, to pick Doom. Doom on which um, particular system or, or just Doom in general? Uh, on the PC, the original version. So we, we got our first PC in 1994. Um oh. Christmas 94 and it was a 486 DX266 I remember it really well it's from a company called, company called Tiny I don't know if you remember them um I do I do remember Tiny although I think maybe perhaps I'm confusing them with Time which was There was also Time yeah that's that's Time appeared on Watchdog and they both had uh, they both had little shops on the high street didn't they but yes. they, they were completely separate compete, competing companies with very okay. confusing similar names and uh, it, it came with the Shareware episode of Doom on it, which obviously had come out in, in 93, it's like the year before. And I just remember just playing it, just entire Christmas, just hogging the PC, the, the brand new family PC, just tucked away in a corner. Because obviously you had, back in those days, you had like the computer desk where it was all set up with the desktop PC and the speakers and, the, you know, the, print, the printer on the shelf underneath and everything else. And uh, yeah, literally just spending the entirety of that Christmas and New Year period just playing the Shareware episode of Doom over and over again. So you'd have been, <laughs> what, four, 13, 14? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. What, I mean, Doom is an amazing game, and Doom stands the test of time very, very mm. well, you know. Uh, and some of the remakes I really enjoyed as well. Mm. I, I imagine, what was it about it at that time for you that, that, that caught your imagination and became so addictive? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I think... Because, like I mentioned, I've had the Atari ST before, and it was all kind of platformers and racing games and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, then um, I remember reading the ST magazines, and they had all the screenshots of, like, the Jaguar games and stuff that were quite big at the time. And there was this big push for kind of 3D and virtual mm -hmm. virtual reality, as they were calling it at the time. 
And then all of a sudden we had this PC with this game and it was just, it just blew me away. It just kind of sucks you into this whole, you know, proper immersive 3D world. Um, obviously, you look back at it now and it's graphically, um, I guess a lot of people who, who didn't play it at the time would probably think it was looks a bit sort of primitive compared to modern stuff. But I, I think it's actually held up really well. I think yeah. as, a, as a complete package, as a, you know, a design and a coherent thing, it, it's just, and obviously the gameplay and the sound design and everything else. And it's just... Yeah, I mean, best game of all time, I'd probably say. I um, I went to a retro gaming event. I, the last year, 2023, I've really got into retro gaming in a big way in terms of watching mm. channels, watching your channel, watching uh, Neil at RMC Retro, some of mm. the American ones, although a lot of the American retro people there's a lot of beef going around there they're all they're all doing their videos and then they go i just want to spend 10 minutes to slag off you know xyz gamer if there is someone called xyz gamer i do apologize i'm, I'm using it as a generic term <laughs> i don't think and then, so and then they'll spend 10 minutes really just laying into this person and then someone else will do a um like a reply uh, recently on someone's channel they called me up for this well here are the facts and it, I'm thinking, oh, I, I just want to watch you talk about games consoles. It's very, you're, you're never tempted to be drawn into beef wars or anything like that. Are you? I, I like to avoid drama. Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's a couple of things I've talk, talked about on Reese Rambles that have been sort of current goings on, but it's always kind of a, yeah. a step back and a kind of balanced look at it and try try to explain it for people who aren't familiar with it. But no, I, I'd never go out there and say, oh, you know, this person's an idiot and stuff like that. I, I, I don't, it's not worth it. <laughs> no, it isn't. As I get older, the, more, the older I get, the more I think, oh, God, no, don't say that. But just, just you know, just <laughs> anyway. So 2023 yeah. was the year I really got into in back into retro gaming. I write a column for, mm. for Retro Gamer magazine, and, and and I've really dived back into it. And I've been to a few events, I went to Crash and uh, a couple of others, but I went to um, I can't remember what it's called now. The one in Blackpool, anyway, that's huge. Play it's, Expo. Um, yeah, Play Expo. That's it. Mm. And I went there for the weekend. I had I had such a great time. It was it was so much fun, you know. Some people recognised me, and they would come and chat to me about stuff. Um, you know, I got to meet so many interesting uh, kind of guests and speakers and things like that. And hmm. one of the people giving a talk there was the guy that designed Doom. Is it John Romano? Is that his name? John Romero. John Romero. Yep. Thank you very much. This this um, this American guy with this lovely long hmm. flowing hair, and he gave a talk. And he must have been talking about Doom forever, right? Yeah. The enthusiasm. The, mm. you know, he must, it must have been the millionth time he stood in front of a crowd and talked about it. But the enthusiasm was dripping off him. The, the mm. love for this industry, this, you know, this work that has survived this long that, that he was talking about. He's a remarkable character. Have you ever met him or, or, or seen him give a talk? I've never actually met him, no. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. So Doom was made by uh, John Romero and John Carmack, and they, they couldn't be any different character-wise. So right. John Carmack's a, a very kind of nerdy, very focused on the code, you know, and he's absolutely revolutionary programmer. He's a legendary programmer. Um, but he's very much kind of moved on with his life, and he's doing VR stuff now, and he, he he's always been kind of very sort of future-looking, whereas John Romero's kind of the more rock star guy with the long hair and, the, you know, drives a Ferrari and... And he loves Doom, and he still loves it all these yeah. years later. And he, yeah, like you say, he talks very passionately about it. He actually makes episodes. He still makes full uh, kind of retail box episodes for right. Doom, 
um there's one called sigil that came out i think 2022 and and, and there's actually a, a follow-up to that sigil 2 which is supposedly going to be arriving sort of any day now um, I, I did pre-order both of those um but yeah he, he is a real character and he's definitely someone i'd like to meet someday and um, I, I do have you know original box copies and stuff and uh, if i did get the chance i'd definitely take them along and uh, say you know can, can you sign these please you know well, a fanboy proper fanboy he was he was he had a little stall up and he was mm. he was selling a book and he was signing stuff and he was chatting to people and I got too nervous to go and talk to him. Now, I, I have been lucky enough. I've traveled the world and I've met, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto and mm. Al Alcorn and, and um, oh, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that made Pac-Man. Anyway, I've met all of these, you know, so many people. And for some reason, I couldn't go up to John and go, hey, John, I just want to say I'm a really big fan. You know, I, I suddenly I became this very nervous, geeky 14-year-old that, that mm. still resides within me. And I couldn't go and speak to him you you'd be okay with it you're okay with stuff like that are you um i don't know he, at all. He, he seems like he seems like quite a, he'd be quite an intimidating presence in real life yeah. i know he still plays a lot of doom as, as well i know if you actually challenge him to a doom death match he will actually sit down and play you and to be honest i don't think many people have actually managed to to beat him over the years i think he's actually pretty yeah pretty legendary at the, the game itself as well so he, yeah, he played someone on this. He, I think there was a tournament challenge, John, mm. and he was just like destroying everyone. The last mm. guy did get him down. It was it was one point between them, but um, oh. he was just just destroying uh, them. Um, do you go to many of these retro events? I don't actually. Yeah, I don't. Right. It's it's weird. I don't really go to the big ones. I would like to at some point, but there's always something else going on. Um. Last year, I went. I went to one called Kickstart, which was like a big Amiga show up in okay. Nottingham. Uh, it was the very first year that they'd done it, and I, I'm not an Amiga guy at all. But it was right on my doorstep, and quite a lot of people that I kind of know in real life were, were involved, and you know, were, were exhibiting there and stuff. And uh, yeah, I love that. I had an amazing time at that. And um, I'm probably, and this is this is a bit of a scoop and a bit of insider info. I'm probably more than likely going to be exhibiting in, at some form uh, in some form or other at this year's uh, kickstart event which oh, would be fantastic. quite fun for the very first time ever uh, but yeah but as far as um yeah as far as the big ones go like play expo and stuff i've always wanted to go to them and then yeah like i say we're either on holiday or something else has come up but uh, maybe this year maybe play expo's fun it's really really nice mm. and uh i love i love blackpool i i love um british seaside resorts out of season i just think there's something romantic about them um but mm. i was staying in a hotel um it had the the, the queen it, it was i won't name the, the thing for fear of embarrassing it but it was the queen's something no way would the queen want to say they had stains <laughs> on the ceiling there were oh. stains on the ceiling and at um one o'clock in the morning i was in my, my very uncomfortable bed and there were people talking really really loudly like effing and jeffing out on, on the balcony and it went on for about 10 minutes and then someone in the room next door to me started shouting will you bleep him bleep you're waking my bleeping baby and i'm thinking oh my god it was uh it was some experience <laughs> it was yeah experience wow um so let's go back to doom so you're playing it as a 13, 14 year old young man. You, it, it's it's kind of a leap from the Atari ST up to that. Mm. What what was it about that game in particular that got you so excited? 
I think I really like I really like like the sound design in it. Like as you were wandering around, like if you kind of gone through a bit of a level and kind of killed everything and you, you were sort of wandering around trying to work out where to go next. You know, there's this constant kind of low level like grunting and stuff that was going on. that You could kind of just about hear off in the distance. And it mm. was like it, it was scary. Um, I'd never really experienced anything like that from a game before. And obviously parts of it are sort of really dark and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously the music, I mean, I'm a big um, kind of rock music fan and I kind of grew up listening to, you know, we had all like, the classic rock stuff in our house when I was growing up. So, uh, and, and the soundtrack to that game um, obviously is all sort of heavily inspired by all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it was a big influence uh, on that side of things. And of course, it, it set the template for so many of those games where you're walking around a dungeon shooting people and, and upgrading your weapons mm. it, can, it can be traced back to that i would guess yeah i mean obviously there was wolfenstein 3d which they'd done right. before that which, which was kind of a more sort of primitive uh like proto doom uh, still you know amazing game especially for some of the really sort of low level really limited hardware that it actually runs on um i mean i, I use it to test pcs and stuff um, but Doom was, I think, kind of the first time that someone kind of got everything all right together in, in one sort of complete package. And yeah, like I say, massive, massively influential as well. Having a PC, we didn't get our first PC. I was living um, with my friend Mackenzie. We were doing a TV show together. Uh, listen to my glamorous lifestyle. And we got our first PC 1998. That was Time Computers. And it was, mm. it, it was, we could never get the printer c to connect. And then after we bought it, they, I, they did appear on, I think they, they bust now, so I can say, they appeared on Watchdog as being mm. not particularly good uh, 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 computers. But yeah, we were kind of, kind of late 1998, and the internet was this, oh my God, you know, you, you speak to kids now, they, they, they can't imagine a world without the internet or without mobile phones. But we saw that develop. Uh, were you, was it just games for you on there? Were you also kind of surfing the net and, and looking around the world on the internet? Yeah. So, well, that's, that's a whole story. Um, I, I remember being at school and this would have been sort of 95, 96-ish. I think it would have been about 15, 16, something like that. Uh, I'm terrible at maths, but yeah, it would, would, would have been about 95, 96-ish. But um, I remember the IT teacher just saying, you know, does anyone have access to the internet at home? And it was me and one other kid who stuck our hands up um, in a class of like 30 kids. Mm. And that was the point where I kind of realized, oh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of really early to this thing. Because my dad actually worked for an American company at the time and, and they insisted that he had email. And uh, so he had to have Internet access at home. And I remember that, that that same computer sat in the corner of the living room. You know, I used to ask my parents, oh, can I go on the Internet? And I'd be allowed half an hour and I'd kind of go and sit and. <laughs> dial up to AOL and then kind of go onto the chat rooms and, and chat to people or, you know, look at the news, and have a, have a poke around. And um, like my, my dad used to bring like the, uh, like the .net magazines from uh, over from America. Cause obviously he was over there on business quite mm. a lot and they, they actually had listings in there and, you know, new websites to check out this month. And wow. uh, they'd, they'd have like featured websites. And I, I used to like have the magazine open and kind of type it into the, to the browser. And then you spend like two minutes poking around and then, you know, sort of move on to the next one. And it was all like, and then obviously like, uh, you know, started to get like animated GIFs and then like MIDI music playing in the background. And then there was like real player where you could start streaming video at like one frame per second yeah. in a, a postage size stamp. And yeah, all of that, I grew up with all of that stuff. And then obviously Napster with the, uh, music piracy or obviously i didn't personally uh, partake in any of that but yeah. uh, it, it was amazing just to see how it all 
how it all kind of evolved in, in such a short space of time. And uh, yeah, I am going to my kids. My kids are going to be 12 and 14 very soon, and I'm going to play mm. them this because I'm aware <laughs> that we sound like old people talking about hoops and sticks, you yes. know, about playing hopscotch and things like that. But this was this is within our lifetime, you know, that this stuff actually happened. And you talked about the dial-up, and it, it would be that thing. You'd be on the internet, suddenly it would drop. And you'd realize someone had picked the phone and said, put, put the phone down, I'm on the internet. I'm playing yep. Half-Life. Half-Life was the one for me that really got me. But seeing playing Half-Life online, and it would have been about 2000, maybe, or something like yep. that, 2000, 2001, seeing that, that changed everything for me, even though it was glitchy. Mm. And I remember, you know, you kind of spawn in midair sometimes. Yep, <laughs> I remember it well. Playing that, and with other people, that's when I thought, oh, my God, anything is possible now. Anything is possible. You see, I, I nearly actually picked Half-Life as my game. And then I thought, okay. no, that, that's not retro. That's far too modern. But actually, it's, it's like over 20 years old now. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that I'm old. <laughs> I, I got um, I was very lucky in that, that I was gifted a Steam Deck, which, which is a wonderful thing to be gifted. And, you know, this incredibly powerful machine that can that can do anything the first game i downloaded was half-life mm. so i'll have a little go, <laughs> have a little go on that and um this is really gonna put it through its uh, paces um you obviously you make videos about consoles do you, mm. are you still a gamer are you still playing i i don't have a current gen well i say that um there, there is a switch in the house but uh, okay. that, that's kind of my wife's um, but no, I don't don't have I, the last current gen console I had was an Xbox 360. Um, had the original Xbox and the Wii and stuff back in the day. But um, I'm more on the PC side of things. Right. Um, but to be honest, it, 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 even then, it, it's all retro stuff. It's like the remasters of you know Quake and Quake Two and all those kind of old 90s FPS games that are kind of starting to get big again. So I've uh, just been sort of playing my way through those again, really. And one other thing, we're talking about recapping. I still don't really know what recapping is and soldering and clean. I love it when someone takes apart a dirty console and puts it in soapy water and scrubs it yeah. with a toothbrush. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm ADHD and the, 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 my mind is constantly racing a million miles an hour and a million different thoughts. And I think there's part of why I like this stuff so much is it just is like a meditation for me. It's mm. like a breathing exercise. It's very slow. It's very gentle. You have a beginning, you have a dirty console that doesn't work. You have an ending. Hopefully you have a clean console and you get the pleasure of seeing the on button being pressed and it bursting in to life and, and watching someone solder something I, I simply can't do. Um, it is like, it is like a meditation for me. It's a mindfulness thing and it helps slow me down. And I'm wondering What's it like doing it as someone who's never going to be able to do it? What do you get out of doing that, out of cleaning these consoles, soldering bits and pieces? What does it do for you? Yeah, no, exactly the same, exactly the same. And I'm glad that comes across on video because, I mean, I, I, I'm the same as you. You know, my mind's always going at 100 miles an hour and I'm a terrible procrastinator and I get distracted really easily. And uh, when I actually sit down with one of these things in front of me on the desk, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm fully focused on that. And, you know, I, I have the end goal in mind and I know mm. the steps that I need to work through to kind of get there. And, uh, yeah, it, it's exactly like you say, it's like a meditative uh, kind of experience, really, just working on these things. And obviously, 
you know, it, it kind of feels good at the end that you've got something that was kind of otherwise junk and probably destined to go into landfill. And now it's now you've saved it and helped to save a, a, a bit of e-waste, you know, from, uh, you know, being, being chipped away and um, hopefully get some more kind of use out of it as well. So, yeah. Reese, I've so enjoyed talking to you. I knew I would because I love your I love your channel. You have a very you, thank you. You are. Here's a weird question. How am I going to phrase this without sounding too weird? That's fine. I can do weird. Okay, it's no problem at all. Do you know that you're good? You are really, really good. Again, as someone who's been presenting for 25 years, you know, watching you, you're really, really good at what you do. And I wonder if sometimes you 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 don't recognise that. You see, I you look quite embarrassed at me saying that. No, that's no. It's um, people tell me this. Um, I, 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 I mean, I suffer from terrible imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like to. Uh, wow, that, that, that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I'm thank, sorry, thank I made you, you feel thank uncomfortable. You. The response to that should be thank you. That's, well, that's really I, kind of you to say. But, I didn't uh, yeah. want to make you uncomfortable at the end. I'm sorry if I, I'm sorry uh, no, if I have done. Not at all. Absolutely not at all. No, that's really kind of you to say. Um, yeah. I mean, I put a lot of work into my channel, um, and. I, as I've been doing it over the course of the past four years, I've kind of tried to make small incremental improvements and sort of work on little experiments to improve bits here and bits there. And I guess over time, yes, I have got good at it. And it's all the pieces have kind of come together. But uh, yeah, it, it's nice to hear that. It is because, uh, you know, you, you do tend to um, you tend to focus on the negative, I think, when you put yourself in the public eye. And there's always someone sort of looking to, to have a go or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that. Thank you. Good. That's really good. kind of you. Well, I'm so, I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable. That not wasn't at all. my intention. Not at all. I just think when people are good, they should be told they're good. And you're right. It, it, you know, you, you get 199 people saying you're great, one saying you're whatever, and that mm. is the one that tends to stick. I have experienced that. Reese, mm. I enjoy your channel so much. Where, if people want to find out more, where are the, where should they go to to see and hear your stuff? Yeah, so um, I, I'm on all the usual social media sites, uh, Control Alt Reese, and that's R W E S. I've got a website, it's got Reese Rambles, which is the podcast slash experimental channel where I kind of dump stuff. Um, but yeah, um, just R W E S, old computers, whatever. You'll find me if, if you move move in those uh, particular circles. I'm, sh I'm sure you'll uh, find me easily enough. Brilliant. So nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yes, you too. No, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. It's time for me to thank my fantastic Patreons. If you want to get the show before anyone else, if you want to get it ad-free, if you want your name um, shouted out, go and have a look at the different tiers I've got. If you're on the Commodore 64 tier, you get your name read out. And if you are on the BBC Micro Model B, you are an executive producer. And let's start with the executive producers, the people who've gone that little bit further. Thank you. Tim Nichols, Mark Gidley and Matt Stanley Evans. You really have uh, uh, your support is so welcome. And so I'm so grateful for it. Thank you. As I am to Craig Hannon, Harsh Singh, Martin Warren and Sam Hughes for the Commodore 64 tier and everybody who supported. There are some people on the lower tiers. If that's you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really hope you're enjoying the show. You can give me feedback, ian at ianlee.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.